Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I am really enthused and excited to have on the show today, Shannon Dowler. So Shannon is coming from Mission Health, where she was the chief of community medicine and ambulatory population health. And now she's transitioning to a role as the chief medical officer for North Carolina Medicaid. And uh, just super excited to have her on the show. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for carving out time to do this and to, to connect with us and to share your story. And I guess along those lines is maybe you can start off by teleporting us back and taking us back to uh, what led you to become the person you are? Tell us a little bit about your origin story. All right. So I am a North Carolina native. I grew up in Greensboro and, and, and sort of embarrassingly, I've spent my whole life in different parts of North Carolina, but I think that's good too. Um, but I grew up loving animals. My first job when I was 13 was as a veterinary hospital tech. So I got to clean cages. I had to get a work permit so I could do that job. Um, and I thought I would be a veterinarian. Um, at the same time, my mom always shared books that were written by doctors about patient stories. And so um, their, their biographies and autobiographies that were written, we would read um, in, in sequence. And I loved reading those books. Um, sometime in college, I decided that I should do a rotation with humans instead of animals. I was pre-vet at that point, And I started to have a little bit more sense of um, what my purpose in the world was and sort of wrestling with where I could make the most impact. And I did an internship at Watauga Hospital um, and loved it. I loved every minute of it. And it was just um, very exciting for me. And I realized that I felt like I could give back more to the world if I became a people doctor, not an animal doctor. And at that point decided that if I was doing that, if I was going to sacrifice my love of animals, um, it would be to care for underserved people. And mm. so I've done that. I've had a career in service to marginalized and underserved populations. Um, I cut my teeth doing full spectrum family medicine at the health department in Buncombe County, um, including OB. You know, we did everything there. Um, then I spent a few years doing urgent care shift work for the Sisters of Mercy, um, which was an exceptional urgent care in that we took everybody regardless of the ability to pay. Um, and it really gave me a chance as a, a young mom to raise a couple of toddlers with a husband who traveled internationally. I went from there and became a chief medical officer for a large community health center in Western North Carolina. And I did that for seven years, really did a lot of work with migrant populations. And uh, most recently, I shifted into health system work because I hadn't done that yet. And I started off as the associate chief quality officer over um, quality and safety for the whole ambulatory domain for the 18 counties. And then um, was asked to take over community medicine, which is really the primary care footprint of those 18 counties, in addition to the quality and safety and really help drive the population health work. And so um, we were a nonprofit health system that uh, functions as the safety net for the larger Western North Carolina community. Um, recently, it was acquired by uh, a for-profit health system, and that felt like the time for me to make a shift. So I'm going to be moving to um, help run North Carolina Medicaid. I love it. I love it. Wow. You know, such a vast background, and definitely you touched on all the major elements that I think, you know, obviously set up a, a, a really good foundation, um, you know, for the leadership role that you have in, in, in 
you know, the field of health overall. And, you know, along those lines, you're, you're, you're seeing so much in health, you're, you've experienced so much. I, I'm very curious to hear about what has you most captivated these days and what, what, what has your passion in health most specifically? And just love to hear about one or two things that you're seeing that you're really, you know, devoting yourself to really diving deeper on or wanting to, to, to dive deeper on. Well, I could not talk about my passion without talking about the fact that I have an avocation around sexually transmitted disease health and sexual health. Mm. So throughout my 20 years of career, even when doing executive roles and other things, I've always stayed plugged into the STD clinic through our local health department, um, helping them with coverage. I do a lot of lectures and speaking to young adults and teenagers about um sexual health and prevention and even have a rap video about this because I <laughs> about it and my awesome. rap videos about STDs in the older population because that's <laughs> a thing so STDs never get old um and I'm actually writing a book right now for the older population but that's sort oh, of nice. a, that's sort of background noise in my career that's just um, one of those things that gives me a lot of energy I think when I think about the larger universe of healthcare, we have so much um, data available to us now that we didn't mm -hmm. have before. And I feel like we're only using the tiniest little bit of it to really get at the things that are most important. We have these mass repositories of information that we need to go spelunking in and really mm -hmm. think about truth. I think we have some opportunities to dig into health disparities um, and really with an eagle eye understand what makes a difference for dis disparate groups um, and populations and, and take the data that we have if there's someone willing to, to harness it um, and, and turn it around and change how we care for our populations. So I, I'm very excited about that. I think in my role with Medicaid, I'm going to have access to this huge amount of um, data that I've not had access to before. And I'm really, really interested in seeing how we can look at some of the health disparities that we have not made progress on in the last decades. Mm. And, and along those lines, I guess, what do you see happening, um, you know, um, in, in terms of progress? What would you like to see happen in this space? So um, I think from, from the perspective of health and where I feel like we have an opportunity for the future, um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, call me old fashioned. Mm -hmm. There's this real place for gestalt and experience, intuition, you know, whatever you want to call it, in the practice of medicine. Um, and so as we get more evidence-based and focused, and, and this was a big part of my last role, I created all these evidence-based algorithms of care to how to reduce um, unnecessary variation and standardize to improve outcomes. At that same time, there's this critical component that really is this, this gestalt that you learn with the hundreds and really the thousands of hours you get in medical school where you learn how to understand what a sick patient looks like. And so as we um, adopt AI and we see how artificial intelligence helps us in healthcare, makes us more efficient, and as we use these evidence-based guidelines, how do we carve out space for the individuality, the craft of medicine? And I think it's critical, but um, I, think, I think the innate ability of a well-trained physician with those thousands of hours of bedside care to know inherently what sick looks like mm -hmm. is something that technology and algorithms aren't going to be able to do for us. Right. I'm really curious to see how we're going to take the data and the science and have that meet intuition to serve mm -hmm. our patients most effectively.
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And do you see anything today, I guess, that, um, you know, represents some gleams of hope that that's happening? Any programs, projects that you've seen come across um, your desk or start to see that are, are starting to show that we're doing things? Just love to understand if there's um, anything, you know, tactical or in play that's happening, you know, in this space. Yeah. So a lot of my work with Mission was developing care process models um, where we took the based um, best practice guidelines and we created a standardized workflow and then we would operationalize it in the electronic health record. So we made it as easy as possible for the docs to do the right thing every time. So they were the, the most, the latest and greatest information was available to them. But when we looked at accountability and how to measure their success, the goal was never to have 100% of the time them to do this thing. Um, because knowing that there needs to be space for individual practice um, for those unique circumstances. And I worry a lot of our, our healthcare is we grade each other. Um, insurance companies grade providers, uh, patients grade providers. Everybody's looking at certain metrics. And um, mm -hmm. our health system, we had over 150 individual clinical quality metrics a family doctor was held accountable for, for any patient that potentially walked through the door. And we've gotten so focused on measuring and metrics um, that I think we need to make sure that there's space that when we say we want 95% of women to have mammograms, make space for those women who are educated and informed and in choosing not to do that and not dinging the individual practitioner for patient outcomes. So it's, a, it's an interesting space we're in right now. Patients are higher and higher. We want people to perform at the highest level possible, um, but we're not necessarily making space for individuality and practice everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just important that we, we figure out how to do that. I love it. I love it. No, I, I really appreciate this, Shannon. So I appreciate um, your perspective and kind of what you're seeing and what you you know, look to see more of. And uh, I guess, you know, I know you're transitioning from, um, you know, from Mission Health, and now you're going to uh, be focused uh, as Chief Medical Officer with North Carolina Medicaid. Love to hear a little bit about Medicaid. I mean, a lot of our listeners obviously are in healthcare and are aware about Medicaid, but I'm just, you know, curious on what's new in Medicaid? What's, what's happening in this world? Tell us uh, maybe like a, a refresher or a modernization of what's going on in Medicaid and maybe as you transition to that role, you know, what are the, some, of the, some of the things that you're, um, you know, very optimistic about tackling? Yeah, so Medicaid is really interesting um, and it's, there's a lot of individuality in the states and how they execute their Medicaid plans. Mm. Um, so it's, it's completely different from state to state. In North Carolina, where I am, um, we have been really our Medicaid was managed through the Health and Human Services but with a large core of physician leaders through um, Community Care of North Carolina and the legislature decided several years ago that they would rather have a better line of sight on the cost and how much money they're spending and so made the decision to essentially outsource the Medicaid program to managed care companies um, and what we're calling Medicaid transformation and so under the leadership of Mandy Cohen who's the Secretary for Health and Human Services um, North Carolina has done this differently than some states, and we're getting ready to roll out our first, um, you know, managed care plans. And so it's a really exciting time um, for North Carolina to show that we can do 
Um, we can partner with managed care companies and have excellent quality and have predictable costs and also really focus on the social determinants of health and those things that we know um, contribute to health but aren't necessarily directly provided or measured in the doctor's office. And so keep your eye out for some really exciting things, I think, coming out of North Carolina. When I think about my, my individual role um, for the next year, one of my focuses is going to be when I have seen Medicaid um, go into other states with managed care companies, mm -hmm. oftentimes doctors will stop taking Medicaid patients mm -hmm. because the rates go down, the administrative burden goes up. Um, it actually costs them money to serve a Medicaid patient you know, with practice overhead and those sort of things. So I am really committed North Carolina right now has over 90% of our docs take Medicaid, which is an extremely high number of our family docs, I should say. But you, most states don't enjoy that amount of um, cross-the-board acceptance of Medicaid population. So I want to work really hard over the next year to make sure that what we're putting in place with Medicaid transformation keeps that access to care for our patients at every county you know, throughout the state um, mm. so that we do this transformation in a way that the providers still want to take care of Medicaid patients and they, they want to be, you know, important parts of every community. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, Shannon, this is great. And I, it's, it's super exciting to see. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're lucky to be, you know, very, you know, focused in this area and, and be in a position to kind of lead the charge in the space. So we're really exciting to see, um, Shannon, I guess, you know, um, kind of two last questions for you are I guess you've seen so much in health and you're, you're doing a lot. What, what are some things that you do to stay, you know, healthy and kind of keep the engine going and feeling good? Just interested in kind of, I'm always interested in people's daily and weekly routines. Anything that, that, you, you, that you have found that really works for you on a, on a, on a routine basis? Um, yeah, I've got some, um, personally some core tenants that are just really important to me. I've got two teenage boys um, mm -hmm. who are both fleeing the nest this year. <laughs> family dinners have been really important to us. And so having that centered time where we talk about our highs and lows, all of us, you know, sh connecting. Um, meditation is really important. And so I try to do at least, you know, at this is this will offend some people who are real meditators, but like three or five minutes, you know, that's like for me, that's, oh, yeah. um, that's like all I can eke out, but it's really important. Certainly staying physically active. That helps me with stress management. Um, a lot hiking and kayaking and, you know, doing the things I can do in Western North Carolina. Mm. Um, and I think from a healthcare standpoint, even as I've moved into executive roles and I'm largely administrative, I still need to be with patients. And so volunteering, um, through a free clinic or working through the health department, I need to still be taking care of particularly marginalized populations because that's where my energy comes from. Mm -hmm. If I don't get to see patients and practice medicine, um, there's a piece of me that's missing and not happy. So finding the time for that, making the time for that is really important for me. I love it. I love it. Um, no, much appreciated, Shannon. Thank you for, for, for that. And, uh, my very last question, I promise, is uh, social media-wise or connecting with you. So for our listeners that would like to elaborate and continue a conversation with you and, and take it from listening to maybe even potentially having a conversation with you on social media, um, what would be a good way to connect with you if, if you would like that to happen? <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn with everybody else. Um, that seems to be the... Um, the most popular place and I'm in there is Shannon Dowler my Twitter feed is Dowler Doc 
Um, and I'm, I'm going to probably create a new one for my Medicaid role. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everyone should go out to YouTube and watch STDs never get old and mm. share it with their parents or grandparents or, <laughs> or whoever the older person is in their life. Um, that is you know, because we're seeing this sort of epidemic of sexually transmitted infections in the older population. Um, and so I'm working on my next rap video. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but it's going to be Yeah, so I'm YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are easy places to find me. I love it. I love it. I'm going to take a look at it uh, after we're done here. And But most importantly, uh, so a few things. I uh, really appreciate you carving out time, peeling off time to, to do this with me and to share your story, share your passion, share your, your vision of health for the future. And, you know, really wishing you well in your next role. I, I have a feeling you're going to make a tremendous impact and um, really appreciate it. And I love the way you articulate it in terms of, you know, what draw, what, what you draw energy from. And it's, uh, it's a blessing to hear that, you know, you gain energy from, from helping other people be healthier and become healthier and treating, treating patients and, 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 and just connecting with people. And so it's just, you know, very great to hear your story and what you're focused on, Shannon. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you for being on our show. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Uh, again, Shannon, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Much appreciated.